So Jodie. So Marie. How are you with current technology? Well, generally I'm quite good, but I have this thing on my phone. There's a shortcut to turn the torch on. You're supposed mm. to tap the back twice. If I tap the back twice, it doesn't turn the torch on. If I breathe near my phone, it turns the torch on. <laughs> and I've asked so many people why I'm doing it wrong. And I just feel so old. It's the first time I've ever had it just not work for me. Yeah. See, I think I'm like the bridging generation because I remember life pre-mobile phones, pre-internet, when there were only three channels on the telly. I remember black and white tellies, to be honest. Mm. So I've gone through the whole change and it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's just brilliant. you're wasting ramblings from beyond the classroom with marie and jody this week we're going to be talking about chat gpt the new artificial intelligence tool that conduct realistic convincing and informed conversations it's a bit of technology that's created lots of debate particularly in the world of education have you had a play with it marie i have had a play with it and i think it's amazing but worrying at the same time oh it's terrifying isn't it but in like a really cool way yeah it's what I found is I started playing with it and kind of was like cool so it can give me a random number and it can solve an equation but so can my phone and there's an app on a phone that can solve any equation and And then as I started to kind of get into it I was like oh no this isn't this is different it does feel different and it can be really clever and really annoying Mm. and like yeah it's not just one of our uh anecdotes we'll read later refers to it as siri on steroids Mm. and it is it's just it is different it's different and i would really encourage anyone to go have a play yeah and as an english teacher we're not used to things being automated in any way um, because there are no straight answers to english But this thing can actually give you a decent answer. I've just asked it about the repression of women in Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, isn't the most mm. obvious. And it's given me a paragraph on it, which is yeah. amazing. It is uh, just really, really clever and intelligent. And it does learn from your conversation, which is the thing that got mm. me. So I was talking to it about quadratic sequences and it got down a route of saying, so it gave me a quadratic sequence then I asked it for the nth term and it realized the sequence it had given me wasn't quadratic and corrected itself and kind of realized as it was going on that and then I asked it for another one and it basically told me that it was a bit too hard for it at that point that's fine so it kind of learned that it hadn't done what I'd asked for yeah um, which is really helpful that is clever that is clever so joining us to explore this issue, because neither Jodie nor I are tech experts, as you can probably tell, <laughs> is Dan Fitzpatrick, director of Edufuturists and founder of Third Box. Dan leads training on the role of technology in education and has created the Chat GPT Survival Kit for Teachers. Hello, Dan. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. It so- is. Do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so you kind of just summarised it really. So my, my my day job is I am the 
strategic lead for digital at a group of colleges in the northeast of England. You can probably tell by my accent there. <laughs> That's where I'm based. So we have seven campuses going from Berwick-upon-Tweed at the Scottish, Scottish border all the way down to Middlesbrough. And kind of my job mm-hmm. is I've got a team of about 25 people and we, across the seven campuses, we promote and and kind of drive digital skills within our staff, within our students. We've got um, 12,000 students and 1,000 members oh, wow. of staff. So we, yeah. we've got a big job on our hands there. But we're also, mm, yeah. the, the, the cool thing is we get to experiment and and spend some money when we have it on some yeah. cool tech. So we've, we're, we're investing a lot in immersive technology at the moment in terms of VR and, oh, wow. and extended wow. reality. So um, we've, we've, got two of them at the moment and we they're full rooms fully immersive rooms and and we're we're just about to install about three more of them so we're really my team's working on kind of an integration framework for how to integrate vr into education at the moment so that's that's pretty cool yeah we're we're doing we're doing some good stuff but like you said i've kind of i feel like i've almost got two jobs really so i Mm -hmm. outside of my day job i I get excited about tools that I think are going to transform education, about mm-hmm. things coming down the line. And I'm very much of of that kind of that mindset of we should look, we should listen for those weak signals that are coming. So yeah. things like technological advancements, um and, and all sorts really. And 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 actually go, how's this going to change the world for our students? How's it going to change education? And and should we start preparing for it? And I think, like you say, the chat GPT. It's come out of nowhere for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I sometimes when I when I'm given a presentation on anything to do with technology, I always start with a quote, um, and it's by uh, McKinsey and Company, and they said that the next ten years of technological advancement will be will progress more than the last one hundred years. Wow! Yeah. And if that you think what's me. happened in the last one hundred years mm. in terms of we put humans on the moon, mm. the invention of the internet, um, the yeah, the, the probably the most progressive century of human history yeah, yeah. and we're going to get that in the next 10 years and I, and I, when i when i would when i share that i kind of share it for impact and go right to get people thinking how are we how's technology going to impact what we're doing however i don't think i fully understood that quote myself mm. until i started playing with chat gpt and realizing yeah. the potential of it yeah. Um, I, yeah i don't know what you think but i think yeah you picked up on it there when you said actually there's there's a lot more to this than than when you first start playing with it and i think that's what excites me where this is gonna go so you kind of touched upon the funding there so i remember when i was at primary school kind of when we got a class set of computers and it was still one between two um and that was so 15 computers for a whole junior school and kind of then going to secondary school and they had enough for one each for one class at a time kind of so I remember that development and how expensive it was for people to set that up. How do you think that'll apply to things like to new tech and to AI? And we mentioned VR as well, kind of. Yeah, I think, well, I've been kind of advocating along with many, many people that we we, we need to integrate technology mm-hmm. into into what we're doing. Um, I think it, the impact it can have on on just the the education that's going on in the classroom and the learning but then also building skills for for our students for our children's mm-hmm. next steps are vital and i think i really think and i was just writing an article on this this morning for a uh, for sec ed magazine and i was really trying to understand um what what the problems are here and i think i think we haven't we haven't moved as quickly as we should have yeah. we haven't and, and and i know it's important that 
right at this moment in time, we need to, as schools, as as educational organisations, we need to focus on the children in front of us, and we need to mm-hmm. we need to maximise the potential right in front of us. But the 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 best companies in the world outside of education do that, but then they also dedicate some time to to innovation and mm. thinking what's what's coming. And I I really think we probably haven't done as much of that as we should have. And so we things have kind of been forced upon us a bit in recent years. Yeah, like you yeah. look at kind of some schools, like you say, um, kind of ran with technology. Some some didn't. Some tried it and thought, oh, it's not working. Let's go back." Yeah. COVID kind of propelled us mm-hmm. into a into mm-hmm. an era of going right. Well, we're gonna have to get to grips with it. And then after COVID, when the pressure wasn't on, a lot of schools reverted. Yeah. Some schools carried yeah. on. Some just kind of stayed at the same level. And now I think we're at, we're at a stage where um, we're not we're not in a COVID style scenario where things are going to go back to normal. This technology is actually going to keep getting better mm-hmm. and better. And we know from the companies that are making this that ChatGPT is actually the worst version of this technology that we have. <laughs> right. It's gonna it's gonna get better and better and better. Yeah. And there's a what the kind of he, the head engineer at Google. I was reading some of his work this morning. And I forget his name, which is bad. But I forget if you said search for the head engineer at Google, he he said um, in a book that he wrote a couple of years ago that he thinks that by the year twenty twenty nine, which is what six years away, mm. um, AI will be at the will be at the same level as human intelligence and what a human can do. Really? By the way, uh, just before I finish his quote, is I heard from someone yesterday that he was just about to release his next book and has stopped it because of chat gpt so i think he's revising those updates oh. and we're looking at probably an earlier year now but he he then goes on to say that he in his prediction and he's the guy who's working on this from a from a google point of view yeah. um by the year 2049 he thinks and he calls it the singularity he says we'll enter uh, an era where that technology will then just be fully integrated into how humans operate now, I don't mean to go all sci-fi on you here, but <laughs> please do. But if you've played with ChatGPT, you you'll realize that actually the the potential and the the tools are there to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Now it's just how we progress it and how we integrate it into what we do. What's on your mind? Let us know your thoughts, ideas, and anecdotes. Drop us a line at beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk. We've all seen the Terminator films, so let's ask that million dollar question. Is it going to take over the world? That's a good question. And I don't think ChatGPT is going to going to take over the world at the moment. Um, but um, there's some concerns. Uh, so even Elon Musk himself, who, who by the way, is one of the co-founders of OpenAI, the mm. company who produced oh. ChatGPT, he he is very concerned about where things can go in the next few years. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that whole kind of that thing of the, well, I just mentioned the Google engineer there, him, him saying that well, actually by twenty twenty nine we'll get to the same level of his intelligence. But when he talks about the singularity twenty years later, he's talking about um, intelligence that is is potentially billions of times more mm. advanced than than a human's intelligence like that far advanced yeah um i suppose yeah i don't know the answer if i if i did i'd either be building a bunker or um making lots of money <laughs> yeah, out of it but it, i suppose it's always a concern um and yeah i think that's why it's probably important to 
that these companies have ethics boards, ethics committees, yeah. mm. and are, are really, and governments are on top of this. Governments, and especially our government, are notoriously a bit behind the times when it comes to new tech mm. and we're reacting to things. Like, for example, they, they've just brought out the, I forget what the act's called, but the, the act to deal with um, children and social media. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's been going on for 15 years, and mm. now we've just yeah. got some kind of act on it. Yeah. Um, so we, we need to do better at that. Um, I'm not saying this needs to be regulated. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence. I think we need to accept mm. this and, and adapt to it. But that's this, at the same time, we still need to safeguard ourselves and, and in the education context, safeguard our children as well. So how would you address that with young people? So you said you wouldn't want it regulated. Has ChatGPT got stuff built into it to kind of make sure it is safe for young people? Or It does. I think if you've if you've pushed the limits on it, it does come back mm. and some and say um, I'm not programmed to, to answer questions like that. So it does have some in inbuilt safeguards however i think with technology like this and again we've seen this go through kind of um uk parliament and us courts um Mm. you you, you're then essentially saying that a private company has has the ability to regulate itself if the if if policy and governments don't step in um i think this is going to go fast i don't think governments are going to keep up i think that's unrealistic to expect that and I think it's going to get integrated. So I think um, the mm. tools that I think I, my prediction is, and I could be completely wrong here, but I think in a few months' time, that that term Chat GPT is is going to kind of fizzle out a bit, mm. um, yeah. and we're probably not going to hear it much. And I think it's because the technology is going to just get integrated into the platforms we use. Other platforms are going to be built to integrate. And there's there's already what have we, it's been a matter of weeks since this was released, and there's already education platforms out there now being uh, that are mm. being released where you can you can go on you don't have to know what chat gpt is you don't even have to know any of the the ways to communicate with it you just go mm. on it says want to create a lesson plan type in the lesson you want yeah. click it it generates it and there it is so i think it will get more embedded into what we're doing and i think that's going to be the same for the workplace so when our when our students do leave school and they go into the workplace it's going to be a, it's going to be something that they're they're, they're interacting with mm. on a on a daily basis it's going to be something in our personal lives can you imagine your google home or your amazon alexa having this technology built into it exactly, um, if, yeah. you, if you've got one of those assistants you know that actually the converse it can't have really a conversation no. most of the time it doesn't really understand what you're saying you've got to end up shouting at it and then but if you can if this is integrated in and and we, you so you could have a full human simulated conversation because that's what chat gpt is it's a first and foremost before it's something that gives you information mm. it was actually created to be a, a human conversational simulator so yeah. i think it's going to be it's going to be in in all that we do so i think if if going back to what i was saying before if we just bury our heads in the sand and go right well let's just lock it down which certain american school districts have done in the past right. few weeks australia some australian um Governments have done this as well, banned it at school. I think if we continue in that vein, we're just gonna we're gonna push ourselves. We're gonna mm. we're gonna we're gonna widen that chasm between yeah. schooling yeah. and preparing our students for the world even further. Yeah. And I think there's already a big chasm there. there um, is. I'm talking. I come from a secondary school, college background. I think there's already a chasm there, um, but we're just gonna widen that even further, and yeah. we're gonna disadvantage our students. So I think how do we how do we create a framework of learning around it? So it's been something I've been experimenting yeah. with recently about how do we how do we teach our students to learn with this? And yeah. I think we we have to go back to curiosity. We have to yeah. we have to instead of just going right here's some content, 
I'm going to teach you it, learn it, and and then I'm going to assess you on it. Instead of instead of assessing what we've taught, yeah. how do we assess what students have learned and how they apply it? We do have uh, an excellent teacher feedback. So this is from a secondary school teacher. It's a bit like Siri on steroids. I think there's potential for classroom application, but any students or teachers trying to use it as a shortcut could well come unstuck. I've tested it a few times for research purposes, and it's made factual errors each time, including attributing the wrong quotes to a poem. Maybe its poetic soul will develop in time. I also asked it to plan a lesson, the outcome of which was very formulaic, funnily enough, but it would have been usable. Overall, I think it's a useful machine for generating ideas and running straightforward tasks. The ability to mark to apply mark schemes excites me but i wouldn't trust it with anything complicated in its current form that mark schemes thing is really exciting yeah that is exciting especially for english English. teachers yeah Yeah, because we can never have anything marked automatically Mm. we never get that pleasure um and this thing can actually do it if it's got the mark scheme and it looks at the piece of work that's exciting Absolutely. I've been playing around with that. I don't know if you've noticed on my Twitter account, if you follow me there, mm. that that was kind of one of the first main examples yeah. I, I released with that. And yeah, it's phenomenal. I think to address some of the concerns there, I think I, it goes back to how this thing works. So it's not a search engine, yeah. first and foremost. In fact, mm. uh, GPT-3, which is the model, that model, is actually disconnected from the internet. So it doesn't have access mm. to the internet. Oh, at the moment. Right. It, it did when it was building its knowledge base, but now it doesn't. In fact, it it hasn't had access since 2021. Ah, um, wow. So, but it does get things wrong. So how it works is it's got, it was kind of fed on 300 billion words worth of information. And what it does is it synthesizes that information in a fraction of a second. It brings information together, tries to work out the answer, then uses a system of probability to work out whether it's going to be correct or not, and then gives you mm. oh. what it's worked out. The Sometimes it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's like having a conversation with anyone. Like they're going to use their their knowledge base to go right, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that poem, right, yeah, I think it was this person who wrote it based on my knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think it was. But if you, what I've noticed is a lot of a lot of teachers, and I'm not saying the teacher who wrote that has done this, but um, and a lot of people at the minute with ChatGPT just answer, ask it a question and get an answer and go, uh, that was a bit naff, or mm, yeah. yeah, that's not really mm. what I want. Um, it's it's obviously not it's it can it's very limited. However, it's it's supposed to be a dialogue tool. So mm-hmm. I was playing around with it the other day, and it it gave me back. I was I was asking it to be Winston Churchill actually, and I was <laughs> I got it to take on the persona of Winston Churchill and answer some questions for me, mm-hmm. and it quoted um, the odd the we'll fight them on the beaches quote, and I, and I thought is that right? Because I, I I know that it gets things wrong sometimes. And I thought is that right or not? Mm-hmm. And instead of actually going. Right, I could I could let my knowledge on the subject, and, and teachers are experts on their subjects. They can guess, or they can have a good idea of whether something's right or wrong, and or they might know whether it's right or wrong. But mm. actually, have a dialogue with it. Go back to it and say, "Is this correct? Mm. Can you give a reference for this?" And oh. then if you, and actually, what it'll what it'll do is it'll then question itself, go back and check if it if this is actually correct. Then if you just prep if you push it and push it, I wrote a tweet the other day which I said you've got to get tough with chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> don't let it don't let it dictate to you what the content should be. You've got to dictate to it. So if it's giving you something back that you're not happy with, you go back to it and say, I don't think this is correct. Can you search again? Can you provide references? 
yeah um and keep having that dialogue with it and i think it's this it's the skills around this so I, I again going back to that framework that i created starting off with curiosity but then it's how do we and i think this applies to us as well as students we have to we're going to really have to learn the art of questioning how do mm. we how do we dig deep and I, to be honest i think teachers are are have got a great head start with this anyway we know how to elicit specific responses from our students by asking questions in a certain way by being precise with our questioning by yeah. modeling how we want the yeah. answers to yeah. be and you can do exactly the same with chat gpt you, you, and i know some in fact not in education but in marketing some people who are really um really kind of prepping the machine before they use it so they, mm -hmm. they'll get they'll feed it so much information before they actually get it to generate an answer and i've created a framework around that actually so uh prep the machine when you're talking yeah. to it so yeah. uh, prompt it give it the main prompt assign it a role if it's going to give an answer you probably let's say it's going to give an answer about history yeah. tell it to be a history uh, a renowned history professor who has knowledge and went to cambridge <laughs> university oh, whatever okay. you want um be explicit with it tell it exactly what you want and then the final p is uh and it's just gone out of my head the final p is is it precise is it pre yeah i think it is i think it is precise yeah. uh, but anyway so you prep the machine you talk to it and then whatever then you've got to have a discourse i think we have we're going to have mm -hmm. to develop those skills of how and you know it'll probably happen in those traditional kind of debating type lessons yeah. where how do you go back and forth how do you challenge how do you yeah. digest information then critical thinking is going to be absolutely oh, necessary with this. yeah and then the application of the knowledge and i think we have to you have to be clever with this it's i think if we're only limited by our own knowledge and if mm. our own knowledge yeah. is just thinking oh i ask it a question it just gives me an immediate answer you, you're scratching the surface there you need yeah. to you mm. need to really develop the skills to get deeper with this and then you start to see the true potential so i was having a play around with it from a kind of maths point of view because like we've said it's so obvious how it's going to be helpful for english and other essay based subjects maths is just despite what most people think technology quite often struggles with maths because it's not it's not language it's equations and stuff like that so I had a play with it and it's like you said it was very much a dialogue and I said earlier that I broke it but actually now you said it makes me think that it's the kind of conversation I would have with another maths teacher where I say right give me this and then they give me one and go well that's not it and then basically by the end it had decided that it didn't know what a quadratic sequence was and that's fine you know so it kind of like you say it felt like a very much a dialogue with a real person mm. where the conclusion was i don't think i do know how to do this but i thought i did at the beginning yeah, yeah. and you could have also you could have told it what it was <laughs> and then said right this is what a quadratic equation is um, now can you help me apply it or... yeah yeah so it's still learning as well so telling it what what it yeah. what it needs to know as well is can be a big part of this <laughs> It's your own time you're wasting. So why not stick the kettle on, put your feet up and have a cuppa? Ah, bliss. What occurs to me, because I agree with what you're saying about the skills that need to be taught, critical mm. thinking, curiosity, how to ask questions. But the curriculum at the moment is so packed and mm. so focused on passing those exams at the end. I think there's, there is going to remain a disconnect between school and pupils' experiences outside of school until we mm. do something to sort that out. You keep adding things in, but yeah. we need to take something back out. Mm. Exactly. 
I think it comes back, simply put, I think it comes back, are we happy getting our students to remember information that they'll not have to remember because we've mm. got the, the technologies there now? Um, are, we, are, we ha- are we happy preparing our students in a way that as soon as they leave school, they're not going to be prepared for the world they're going no, into? Yeah. Because, well, fair enough, you can remember lots of things, brilliant, and you've passed an exam in it, but do you have the skills of, of how to apply it? Do you have the critical thinking skills? Yeah, um, exactly. And also, yeah, exactly. also we don't we don't necessarily. I'm I'm kind of taking on the role of an employee here, but mm-hmm. we we don't necessarily need that your your knowledge there because we've already got that knowledge and we we pay an AI system to give us mm-hmm. that knowledge. So I think although and I'm not saying knowledge isn't important, I think knowledge is crucial, but I think we do have to shift our focus a bit here. We do have to start yeah. being clever with with how we how we dis- distinguish the humans in front of us from the technology because just mm-hmm. getting them to do what the technology can already do is clearly not going to work and not no. going to be beneficial for their futures and yeah. and i was just looking at a website again this morning because i was writing this article where somebody's created um a website where you can ha- now hire a, an ai employee so you go on and you say right what do you what do you want there's and there's a list of about 20 different employees and they've generated a profile picture, like a, an AI generated really? profile picture. They've said what the skills are and then you can subscribe, essentially hire that employee. In fact, you go through a, a vetting process, like an interview process with that AI as well. So you ask, wow. it, you ask it what it can do, what its skills are, you give it a test. And then if you're happy, you subscribe to it, essentially hire that employee to be a part of your team. So, and wow. that's and that's um it's just gonna that technology and those platforms are just gonna develop and develop and develop yeah, yeah. so if we are teaching our students skills and knowledge that one of those ai machines can do where they're not going to get a job and mm. and and i know education isn't all about getting a job however a key to forming successful people yeah, is that they're going to have some lives. relevance and relevant skills mm. in the world in order to be successful and be happy yeah so, no, so you want them to be able to operate yeah. in the world as it is and if we're not teaching that in school there is a problem yeah absolutely and and actually so you got to start being clever there and go right well mm. it's not necessarily going to take jobs off people but the job market is just going to change yeah. so we might not need somebody who can do for example copywriting because we've got an ai machine that can do that but we're going to need someone who knows how to work with the ai in order to get what we need out of it so again we're going back to those that that framework of are we people who have got those skills in terms of prompting and questioning and critical thinking and applying it they're the ones that are going to be in demand and they're the ones who are going to be able to so yeah i think we we've got a i know we've especially in the uk we've kind of fought we've kind of focused on knowledge rich for for a few years now and mm. and i see the advantages of that i've worked in in schools where that that has been the emphasis however i think we i think we're being forced in a position now where we're going to have to be clever and think we need to change things up here if we want to if we want to not just widen that chasm if we not if we want to prepare our students um i think and i think it's exciting um i think if you if, yeah. if you if you're listening to this and thinking actually this is this is dismal. We're going to have to change everything. And I think there's an yeah. exciting opportunity here yeah. because at the end of the day, we're forming our, our young people to be relevant in the world. We're forming mm-hmm. our young people to go out and have a purpose in the world, which is surely what why why we're in education. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
do you think there's a risk that we could become too reliant on this sort of technology or um i guess i'm very reliant on my car <laughs> i'm very reliant on on this computer that i'm using at the moment to speak to you on um i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing i think we just have to learn how to integrate it so this is a a comment from another secondary teacher um and this is what i don't know who it is anonymous what he or she says i've only interacted with chat gpt briefly but i think my concerns come from companies reactions to this sort of thing just because there are methods out there of making particular processes more efficient does that always mean that we should be utilising them? Does our end goal always have to be doing as much as we can as quickly as possible, particularly if it might be at the expense of actual humans? I'm not saying that I think we're going to be taken over by robots anytime mm-hmm. soon, but I think this kind of software calls into question the bigger picture of why we always have to be striving for maximum productivity in the workplace. There has to be a line somewhere where we accept that processes may be slightly less efficient, but it's good for staff. It's for the good of staff and their well-being. And remember, if you ever want to feedback on one of our upcoming episodes, just email beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk. I really agree with the sentiment there, and, I, mm. and I, I'm completely on the same page. I, I think what the concerns are, are genuine. However, I, I'm going to take the opposite point of view, but come out at the same conclusion, mm. and that is that actually at the moment uh, the humans us are being used to generate the efficiency yeah we are the cogs in the wheel we are the ones that have to bear the workload when the system wants to be more efficient yeah and as schools we've gotten very good at that we've gotten very Mm. good at 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 optimizing the system and 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 getting our teachers to do more and more and more and and it's it, it's breaking teachers' backs. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, we've got strikes yeah. going on at the minute. We've got we've got lots of things happening where the retention of teachers is is isn't great. Mm, um, yeah. Bringing teachers into the workforce isn't great. So something has to change. And I, but I I take a positive view on that because I think actually fair enough. We need efficiency in certain elements of of life. Yeah. However the technology can be the efficient component yeah. and and i think yeah. when, if we do this right and I'm, op- I'm optimistic we will do this right is that it actually it will help make humans more human because if i go into a workplace and all of it's being done by ai or, or a, a large percentage of the mundane stuff let's say is being done by ai then actually the type of employee that that employer will probably want is actually someone who's got human skills, who's yeah. got character, who's got empathy, who's got the types of skills that the the AI machine doesn't have, mm. the more, more emotional side of things. So actually, I'd rather I'd rather work in a place where I can my ex, my expression of who I am and my and my human skills rather than my my quote-unquote um efficiency skills mm. are what's valued yeah and i think yeah. i think that's what's coming and i think that's going to have a trickle-down effect in education it has to i hope in, so in, that we start teaching the, the, those character values and we start forming a human being rather than forming a vessel to put knowledge into <laughs> I 
do think there's kind of a general feeling of doom and gloom over this because all of the Hollywood films are like AI taking over the world and AI because a film where actually people are quite happy because AI does all the boring bits of their job isn't at all interesting <laughs> you know nobody is going to make that film yeah. because nothing will happen so I think you know we, we've kind of been taught that there is this massive negative side because Terminator yeah but also there is kind of it's worth thinking about what the positives could be and how we make sure that absolutely it's positive I think as well we have to be we have to be clear that we have to do this intentionally as well yeah. like yeah. if you ask any blue collar worker from the 1970s if if technological automation in their workplace was a good thing they'd probably say no because it put them out of a job yeah um yeah. and and actually i was watching a, a news clip from the 1970s where they were introducing some automation i think it was at a car factory mm. in sheffield if i remember rightly and they were interviewing somebody outside it was remember 1970s and they were saying this is going to be an amazing bit of technology what it means is that in the next few years we'll probably have a three-day work week two-day work week because the technology can do it yeah we're going to have yeah. so many benefits and actually if you look now we're actually the other way where people are working mm. harder and longer yeah, than they longer. ever have done and yeah. we've got automation because um industries have taken the technology and, and just and thought well let's yeah. let's put more other things on 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 our employees yeah. Yeah. employees yeah. packs now that this technology is so advanced it's almost coming for want of a better term it's coming for white collar jobs yeah um now it's starting to to make us think actually we can't just have technological progress at the cost of the human um yeah, no. we, we've got it we've got to think about this we've got to think how can how can we live alongside this and it's still we'll still have a successful life mm -hmm. i think i don't think that's a done deal i think especially in a in the capitalistic society that we live in um the the pressure is always for more profit for more efficiency yeah. so i think yeah. the what what your listener said there was is absolutely on the money so we have to do this intentionally yeah. we have to we have to have that ethics around it those values mm. and I, and i i've got up i'm optimistic that that it will be like that but mm. like i say we have to we have to influence this as 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 people of conscience yeah. i think yeah, and it I is agree. the human's responsibility to teach the ai ethics isn't it yeah, yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the day, that's yeah. on us. Yeah. yeah, and there's so many issues, like what you say, based on that, there's bias in this. Mm -hmm. um, there's the information. It's only using information that we've put together. Um, so it's there's it's taken our fails and, and, and faults and yeah. also our intelligence and putting it all together. So, yeah, yeah. There is, there's, there's massive limitations, but I think the benefits far outweigh the, the limitations. So if we could get in a time machine and go, like, let's say 10 years into the future, what do you think schools would look like or could look like? <laughs> I th to be honest, if, you, if you'd if you asked me that 10 years ago, mm. I would have probably look, thought it was we were going to have a very different picture in terms of technolo technology yeah. integration, which I don't think has happened. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if that if we get to 10 years time and things are, are still the same we're, st mm. we're still kind of relying on that traditional methodology and if we are i think schools are going to be more and more irrelevant yeah. i think there are a few things from my from my work with edufuturists there are a few trends on the horizon that we've kind of identified and one of the big ones is there are more and more private online companies who yes. are providing um alternative education yeah yeah um and I was talking to Gerd Leonard a few weeks ago um, on the Edge of Futurist podcast. He's a he's a 
he's a well-known futurist and he thinks that the next google the next multi-billion dollar company will be a a private education company yeah. um, because the market is there and and if you think private entrepreneurs and private companies can go at probably a thousand times the speed than an education Absolutely. system can mm-hmm. yeah and they're gonna Absolutely. do it they're gonna do it yeah. and i think there's there's worries there that it could cause even greater chasm in terms of the those who have um income to spend on it and those who don't yeah. that's that's, yeah. that's always a worry with kind of privatized education mm-hmm. however it's it's a reality that i think we're going to face so yeah, i think I, I suppose to answer your question i don't know but i don't think there's any there's we we either move yeah with the disruption mm-hmm. or we stay where we are and become irrelevant yeah that's what i was thinking because um my I, my son's 11 and he's in year seven at secondary school and he just cannot cope with the environment right. at all. And I have been looking at alternative provision online. Mm. And I think in the future, we might have more of a mixture of that where yeah. pupils are attending school some of the time, but some of the time accessing learning at home. And most universities have already moved to that. Yes, so they have. Haven't they? You know, yeah. it's very rare to have a fully face-to-face yeah. degree now but yeah yeah and I think that could be revolutionary because if mm. you've got a child who like mine has difficulties in the school environment yeah. or you've got a child who's off and off sick because yeah. of some you know illness that they've got or anything like that it could actually be revolutionary for education and a really really brilliant thing absolutely mm. if you look at I only just yesterday discovered Eaton X I don't know if you've heard of Eaton X oh, they are no. a uh, it's Eaton, Eaton College, and they've yeah. created their own online school platform, yeah. and they are heavily invested in this at the moment. So they mm. are, they're taking all of their revenue and just pumping it straight back into their platform to make it better and better oh, and better. Wow. So they're on, yeah. they can obviously see this coming down the line and are getting yeah. in, into it early. Um, I think you're right. I think there's a, there's a big argument of well, community, the community side mm-hmm. of of um, education. And I think I think obviously community and 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 being in person with people is so important. It is. But but do we look elsewhere for that? I suppose people made that same argument when 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 people stopped going to church, mm. for example. Yeah. Like they yeah. said, well, how are you going to get your community? And and schools have almost become the de facto now, a mm. sole place within the community where where the community gather or, mm, or gather yeah. around a common cause, I guess um do we i think that is a danger we don't want to we don't want to just no. have students at home with a no, vr headset on accessing right. a virtual campus because that's where it'll go yeah um but we want them to be out and about in person as well so i think we have to be creative there and how do we yeah that's right but i think it'll be a menu i think it will it'll yeah. be right i do i do an hour in the virtual campus on a morning then i i do some self-study to report back on a project then i i take part in a workshop with a local em- employer and learn yeah, about the yeah. sk- how the skills are applied there then i i go out and meet up with other like-minded people at, a, at wherever Absolutely. that is yeah. yeah it's it definitely makes you think you could do something more individualized can't you if you can embrace stuff like absolutely this. yeah yeah and yeah. i think post-covid as well the workplace has changed so much in that regard a lot of people are doing hybrid working yeah so they're absolutely. at home some of the time and in the office some of the time and even the way jobs work they 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 think that within the next few years actually you the chance are you won't be employed by a company like say for example a teacher and i'm not saying mm. this is gonna happen but this is kind of a they're saying that this is going to be the model for the whole like e- economy really is that a lot of people will 
instead of getting a full-time job they will almost just they'll work on a freelance basis so a a school might go right well we need you to teach these lessons and it, it equates to 18 hours a week and then what you do is you use your skills to then fill up the rest of your time in other yeah. types of jobs yeah. or other types of skills so that that ability to have different skills yeah um, so I might I might be an English teacher teach 18 hours a week and then I might do 10 hours of copywriting for an online course company then I might yeah. do um, yeah. some social media work for another company and it's about how do we how do we how do we get us our children our, our students to be to be people who um who are agile and who yeah. can, who can yeah. unlearn and relearn as well in yeah. because that that's going to be so key and there's a great book by reed hoffman one of the one of the co-creators of paypal with elon mm. musk and he, he he brought a book out called the startup of you and he essentially oh, argues yeah. that we you need to treat yourself like a startup company yeah. and you yeah. have to be agile you have to adapt quickly in in the modern and workplace environment um and i think i think those skills are are gonna and these like books like that and and some of the yeah. other things I've mentioned are are being written by people who who know what the industries are, are like and what they're mm-hmm. becoming and 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 where they're where they're going to be going in the future. So I think it's important that we we listen to them and we we kind of we try to adapt education so that our students yeah. are going to be successful in that world. It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. There's not a lot they don't know about teaching. This has been so fascinating and I could talk for hours. (laughs) So thank you so, so much for for joining us. We like to finish our podcast with a little thing called Two Stars and a Wish, uh, which is Possibly something that should go when we come up with our new AI system. Um, so, uh, have you got any stars from today, either of you? From today? Which a star is a tip you liked or a story you enjoyed? I think uh, I'm going to go back and use this site a little bit more because I think the tip that I've got is to kind of open up a dialogue. Yes. With ChatGPT. And I think, it, like I say, when you first kind of go on it and I assume a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and just go straight on and try um just do stick with it and kind of get used to it because it's not that it's not got the intelligence to give you the right information it's that you're not quite sure how to get it out yet so just keep playing and think of it like a dialogue that would be mine yeah I think my star would be to let's be optimistic about AI Mm. I think it's absolutely inevitable and we need to embrace it and we need to make sure it's enhancing our lives not making them more difficult in any way or putting us out of work importantly (laughs) as teachers please (laughs) Um, I think uh, I don't think AI will replace teachers but I think Mm. teachers who can use AI will replace teachers who can't yeah I think that yeah that's one of the big things for me. I think as a star, I think um, I think just recognizing it's probably a self-reflection for me, really, as, as you can tell, I'm quite optimistic about this, but it's recognizing that there are genuine concerns out there and, yeah. and a lot of people do have stumbling blocks and it's it's how do we how do we overcome them together? How do we mm. how do we actually put together resources and, yeah. and advice on how how to use this properly? Because I don't think I mean there was there were so many issues we didn't get into kind of like 
the the boring gdpr type stuff as well because mm-hmm. it's not gdpr mm-hmm. compliant in the uk mm-hmm. um okay. so technically we shouldn't really be using it with our school accounts and things like that so ah, um interesting. There's, so there's a lot of hurdles to get over and, and it's because it's a brand new technology in fact we're not mm-hmm. even on day one they essentially the people at OpenAI created mm-hmm. gpt3 this 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 process this mm-hmm. ai process and then decided to stick a chatbot mechanism on top of it <laughs> just to see what would happen and we're still yeah. actually still oh. in that research phase of of, yeah. of that um so we're not even at stage one of how this product will be developed yet so just recognizing that um the amount of impact it's having already and we're not even out the gates with mm. with what with this technology yeah. and and trying to relieve fear because i know there is a lot of fear out there yeah absolutely Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we need one wish. I think my wish will be to get the funding to use this to technology use it. and yeah. to be able to kind of apply it in a really good way. Yeah. yeah. I think my wish would be that we are able to use AI so that every student can access education, wherever they are, whatever their circumstances, they can get to it and they can use it fully. Yeah, I think my wish would be that we, we don't bury our heads in the sand, but mm. we... We embrace it with caution and we work work out how to integrate it so that our students can, can benefit from it. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks Fantastic. for that, Dan. That was amazing. Thank you again for thank joining you. us and thank you for those who are listening. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. This podcast is proudly produced by Beyond. Please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of Beyond or Twinkle.